Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I want to encourage you today. I also want to strengthen you today in the word of the Lord and let the Lord strengthen you. And uh, I, want to, I want to see God help somebody today. I'm going to the book of Joshua, going to the book of Joshua, chapter 5. And uh, we'll begin reading several verses here from five, uh, chapter 5, verse 6 through 15. Joshua 5, 6 through 15. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed. How'd you like to be the last dude? Ralph, will you die? We need to go on and you're the last one like a bad fall leaf hanging on. Seriously. Because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swear that he would not show them the land which the Lord swear unto their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them in the way. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month, even at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow, and after they had eaten of the old corn of the land, neither had the children of Israel manna any more. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as the captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place where thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. 
We'll stop reading there for now. I want to talk to you this morning about preparation for the promise. Everybody say preparation for the promise. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We ask, Lord Jesus, for your help. Lord, we pray, God, that you would flow through me, Lord, and flow through this congregation today. Let the word not be a monologue, but let it be a dialogue between you and us and with each other. As we say amen, Lord, as we praise your name, as we lift you up in Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Preparation for the promise. How many know that our God is a God of promise? He's a God of promise. He's not just a God that makes promises. He's a God that keeps them. He keeps them. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56 says, Blessed be the Lord that hath given us rest unto his people Israel. According to all that he promised, there hath not failed one word of all his good promise. There had not failed one word of all his good promise. Amen. The Biblical Studies Department of Pepperdine University spent a year and a half calculating how many promises they can find in the Bible. They concluded that one probably cannot determine the exact number, but by their best calculation, they found 8,810 total promises and 7,487 of them was God to man. 7,487 was from God to man. Amen. I remember as a boy sitting at the dinner table uh, around the table with my brothers and my mom and dad, and we had a little little box at the center of the table, and in that box was promise cards. Anybody remember promise cards? Ever had promise cards? And so in the dinner table, we'd pull out, every, every one of us had to pull out a promise card and read that before we could eat. And, and so we're hoping for something real short, not one of these big long things, but I, I remember rem- reading those promises. If it had been 8,000 that we had to read or 7,487 we had to read, amen, that would be a, a lot of time to read the promise of God. Often we sing that great song. Uh, I say great song because it does have a good meaning, uh, but we sing the song, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. But I want to tell you that's not entirely true. There's some promises I don't want. (laughs) There's some promises that belong to Israel that don't belong to the church. But let us modify that to say every promise belonged to the child of God, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every promise that pertains to me is mine. From healing to salvation to redemption to cleansing to help uh, to hope, uh, every promise in the book is mine. Matter of fact, the writer of Hebrews says that the promises of God are supported by his oath. He swore it. And he said, it's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to lie. What is he saying? He won't go back on his promise. He won't go back on his word. His word is his promise. Amen. We see that his words will, his promises will be fulfilled at his timing and his schedule. Galatians 4 and 4. When Jesus was born of woman in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Amen. At the fullness of time. 
Can I say that God's fullness of time is always on time? It may not be my time, but he's always on time. Hallelujah. We find that the promises of God are located in Christ. For Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. So all the promises in him are absolute. They're not maybe. They're not happenstance. They're absolute. They are yea. Somebody say yes. Yes. We see that in Luke 24 and 44 that all the promises concerning Christ must be fulfilled. For he said, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet, yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled. All things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. All the promises are in him and all the promises that are about him will be fulfilled fulfilled. Amen. Frederick Wilhelm uh, Krockmacher, I believe is how you pronounce his name. You try that. But anyway, he made a good statement. He said, God promises are virtually obligations he imposes upon himself. His promises are virtually obligations that he imposes upon himself. And one of the promises of God was that his people, Abraham's seed, would dwell in a promised land. I'm going to let you have that promised land. That is going to be yours. I'm going to define it for you. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, and the land which I do give to them, even the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses, Amen. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. And then he says this statement, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. God said, when I give the green light to go in, there's nothing that can stand in the way. There is no giant. There is no walled city. There is no army. There is no enemy. There is no adversary regardless of who it is that can stand before you in verse 6 he says this is why you can be strong and be of good courage for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers God promised them the land this promise was sure hundreds of years before it was sure now God says it's yours it's your time it is time for you to put on the, the, the battle gear and go forward I want you to fight nothing is going Going to stand in your way. But the opposition was plenty. Somebody say the opposition was plenty. If you think that we are going to waltz into our promises with God without a fight, you're sadly mistaken. There is going to be walled cities we've got to face. There are giants bigger than us that we're going to have to face. There are great armies that we're going to have to face. Amen. If we want to go and take that 
things of God, spiritually speaking. The, the, the land of milk and honey, the land that is full of great fruit and benefit. If we want to go, let me put it this way. If we're going to go to another level with God, if we're going to go into a deeper relationship with God and transition into that place of promise, it's not going to come without a battle. Look at this, Joshua 5 and 1, and it came to pass when the kings of the Amorites are on one side of the Jordan westward and the kings of the Canaanites, the Canaanites were by the sea. <laughs> heard They heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan before the children of Israel until they were passed over, that their hearts melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. I want to tell you, you're going to face an enemy. You're going to face an adversary. You're going to face obstacles and opposition to your promise. But God can do things in your life so it puts fear into the opposition it would seem after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness after getting all those naysayers and unbelievers and deadbeats out of the way one entire generation had to die you would think that God would say okay now guys let's just go right on in let's just go right on in and take this uh, but that's that's not what God did amen it's surely the Lord would say press into battle while the enemy is dazed and confused press into victory while you have the opportunity the enemy is afraid of you go and get them but that's not what God God did. God said, whoa, stop here. It appears that God's in not in a hurry at this moment. He delays them. Amen. We're ready. Anybody ready to go into your promise? Anybody ready to go into a next level relationship with God? Anybody ready to go past that? Anybody ever had that barrier you constantly are, are hitting up against and you think if I could just get past that, uh, I would get into my promise. If I could just get past that, that issue, if I could just overcome that addiction, if I could just overcome that attitude, if I could just get past that problem, if I could just overcome this thing that so easily besets me. But before Israel could move into their destiny, they had to enter into a place of correction, of cutting, of cleansing, of commitment, of talk, talking to the Lord and letting God deal with some things in their life that needed to take place. Amen. Standing ready for the promise. They needed to deal with some issues before they could go on. The enemy's quaking. The enemy is not our issue. The enemy is not your issue today, dear one. The enemy is not your problem. Hallelujah. No weapon form against us shall prosper. We know greater is he that is in me. That the real issue that keeps us from going in the promise is us. It's us. It's us. We got to deal with some us. And so the Lord tells Joshua, I want you to take all these young guys. Let's just say around 25 years old. And they need to be circumcised before you move any further. I know we can pristine this and make it look nice, but do you know what circumcision is? I believe every brother in the house ought to go, mmm. Hallelujah. If you don't know what circumcision is, go home and ask your mama and your grandmama. They'll tell you. 
And Grandpa will tell you what it's all about. Amen. But it's a cutting of the flesh. It was related to a relationship, a covenant with Abraham. In Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1, and when Abraham was 90 years old and 9, 90 years old and 9, 99, if you didn't get that. He's 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I'm the Almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. Be blameless. Be righteous. Walk before me. Walk with me. Walk in that place of relationship and be perfect. And he said, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying as for me behold my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations have I made thee and I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant. It's going to be a man to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. I'll give unto thee and to thy seed after thee a land wherein thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession I will be their God. Somebody say that's a good promise. That's a shouting promise. That's a wonderful promise. God, you're going to bless me. God, you're going to bless my family. God, I'm 99 years old and you're going to let me have a child. God, you're going to bless me. Oh, somebody ought to shout. And then verse 11 will put a little bit of slow in your go. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want, I want to hear the promise stuff. Don't talk to me about the cutting stuff. I'm 99 years old. I don't want anything getting close to me. Don't get that knife close to me. Don't get that knife. And, and chances are it's probably a sharp rock. 99 years old. And whether it was Abraham or it was somebody else had to take him and cut the foreskin off to signify that I am in covenant. But I'm going to tell you what Abraham said. He said, if I could just put it in these words, because nobody would do this unless they felt that. God, I think my relationship with you is so important. I think that the covenant is so important. I think that the promise is so important. Take the knife out and cut me, God. Cut the flesh off that you don't want. Cut the thing off that is not appropriate and let me proudly wear the sign that I am in covenant with you. I'll be unlike any other nation. I'll be like any uh, unlike any other people because I've got a covenant with God. Amen. I want to tell you, there's a lot of people that want the promise. They want the blessings. They want the good things of God. But when it comes to the part that they got to cut off some flesh, they got to deal with their flesh. It's like, whoa, you want me to do what? You want me to give up what? You want me to lay down what? You want me to give this aside? Amen. We want to have a slippery, easy, greasy grace kind of relationship with God. Don't ask anything of me. Don't ask me to do anything. I want the promise, but not the cutting. But I want to tell you, if you're going to go into your promise, you've got to have the cutting as well. 
I just asked Bishop this question. In reading this scripture, the Lord says, Ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and you. It doesn't say it expressly, but I asked Bishop, did Abraham do it to himself? It's, it's tough enough to think that somebody else had to do it. But before his sons did it, he did it. Before his sons uh, did it, he did it. He was to be the first partaker. Amen. Oh, God, bless my children. Lord, would you help my children? How about standing up in front of God as Abraham? Amen. I'm talking spiritually now that we're cutting the things of the flesh, things that hurt us, things that we want, things that we want to hold on to, things we still want to do, things that we think are so important. But when I see the promise and I see the blessing and I see where God's taking Taking me and taking my family. Oh God, let me be willing to say, flesh, you're going to take some cutting. Flesh, I'm going to deal with you. I'm going to deal with some attitudes that are nasty. I'm going to deal with some issues that are holding on that I need to let go. The promise was connected to a cutting covenant. Look how strong it was. In Genesis 17 and 13, he that is born in thy house he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant and the uncircumcised man child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised that soul shall be cut off from his people he said if you're not willing to take the cutting they can't get the covenant if they're not willing to cut the flesh, they can't have the covenant. So here is a whole generation of young men that had been in the wilderness. Dad and mom, dad had maybe come through and, and mom had come through and they understood circumcision. But for some reason, some inexplainable reason, their boys were not circumcised on the eighth day as it was prescribed. And so here comes this new generation, young men, 25-year-old around about. Out there they are ready to conquer they're ready to fight they've been training with their swords they've been training with their slings they've been training with their bows and arrows and yet God says wait there's something that you need to have before you enter into your promise amen this new generation eager and excited and ready to go into their revival eager and excited to go across the Jordan and take the land we're well able they got a spirit of Caleb upon them they got a spirit of Joshua upon them and God says whoa before you go get the promise you got to have some cutting you see God blesses people who've not had circumcision yet Look at, look at, God took care of the children of Israel in the wilderness. He fed them manna. He took care of them. He blessed them. Their clothes didn't wear out. Amen. There are some blessings that God has given to you and to me that are, are helping us get through, helping us to overcome. But if we're going to go to that next dimension, hear me today, MPC, if this church goes to the next dimension, if you go into a place of God's power and anointing, there must be a stop at Gilgal and say, oh God, let me deal with my flesh let me deal with that thing that I gotta kill that has been around for years and I keep coming back to it that old habit that gets me that old habit that binds me that issue that keeps me from stepping further 
I want to say this. We're not powerful enough to go get the promise. We can't do it on our own. There must be a cutting. Israel, you've been delivered from Egypt. You've crossed the Red Sea. You've had the wonders of Mount Sinai, the law, the institution of new worship. You've had provisions by manna. You've drank from water that come out of a rock. Amen. The promise is with you, but it is also before you. But if you're going to get into the next level, you're not there yet. The wilderness is not your final destination. There is a place that God wants to take you on the other side of Jordan. But before you go you've got to have a Gilgal moment for Gilgal means to commit and remove to roll away it is associated with a cutting and a pruning amen it is this place that before Israel could move into their promise they had to have a cutting they had to have a pruning and some things had to be placed under commitment removed and rolled away and so Joshua says all you men of war were getting knives and we're cutting you. We're cutting off the flesh. We are circumcising you. A whole generation of warriors that now are in their adult years have got to. How'd you like to sign up? I'm signed up for war. I'm a warrior. Okay, one other thing you got to do here's a knife. Cut that flesh off. I wish God would use me. I wish God would use me. I wish I could sing like so-and-so. I wish I could be anointed like so-and-so. I wish I could step into that power. Why isn't God blessing me? Why isn't God doing the things that, you know, I really need to go in that next level. I want to be in that next level. Yet it's just like, boom, I kept st- I can't go any further. Amen. Could it be that God's saying, here's a knife. There are some things in your life that need to not stay connected to you. Some things that without antiseptic, without a Tylenol, without any kind of thing, here's a knife. Go take care of it. Amen. This is where commitment is. Amen. You want the promise, but can you take the pain? You want the promise, but is there a level of commitment that says, I'll give up everything to get that. I want that, so I'll cut this to get that praise be to God Israel you're about to transition into a great place but in that transition you're going to learn something you're not just there yet but you're going to learn something you've got to learn how to take the reproach off of you from Egypt that was keeping them they still were living under the mentality of being a slave unworthy unworthy living in the wilderness a wilderness mentality that says we'll never get there amen let me just say there are sins there are things in our life of the flesh that need to be cut off if we're going to come into a relationship with God look at Philippians chapter 3 and verse 3 For we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. Now he moves into the spiritual principle of circumcision. Not natural circumcision now, but spiritual circumcision. We are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Amen. Coming under the knife means you've got to come under the sharp cutting of the word of God. For the word of God is quickened 
and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. David said, search me, O God. Try my reins. Open me up and see if there's anything in me, that sin of the flesh that needs to be cut off. Amen. Are you ready for Jericho? Not with that flesh hanging on there. Are you ready for victory? Not with that flesh hanging on there. Paul said the works of the flesh are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, and such like. Amen. you got to get rid of these. You've got to cut it off. Cut off that sexual relationship that is out of covenant with God. Cut it off. Cut it off. You can't go into the promise and hold on to porn at the same time. Let me say it again. You can't go into the promise and hold on to porn at the same time. It will not go. It's got to be cut off. Not just pampered. Not just simply saying, well, I'll take it or leave it. You've got to cut it off. You've got to say, no more. I'll come under the knife of the word of God. Cut me, Lord. No more. No more. No more. No more uh, emotional garbage and baggage in my life. No more frenzy and joyless grabs for happiness. Amen man no more false gods idol gods that stand in my way whether it be entertainment whether it be sports whether it be guns whether it be hunting whether it be shopping whatever it may be not in my way I want the promise do you want the promise then you got to cut some things off In places that we have pastored, hither and yon, other locations, we've dealt with people. Not here, not here. Ain't none of y'all here. I'm just preaching from remembrance. Where people never get over the hump spiritually. Never get to the next level spiritually. And it's for this one reason. That which they have called and loved and wanted, they are not willing to cut it off. The writer of Hebrews says, let's run this race with endurance. Seeing we are compassed about by so many cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us. Today, I pray for a Holy Ghost conviction to go through this place because some of you are not where you need to be with God. Amen. You're not where you need to be with God. And the promised land is just right over here. The promised land is right in front of you. Your victory is right in front of you. The vanquishing of Jericho is right in front of you. All God is asking is that if you will will you cut that off will you lay it aside I want you ready for the promise and you can't take that into the promised land God said I this day roll away the reproach of Egypt all for you hallelujah and then he said something very interesting he said in verse 8 Joshua 5 and it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. Those men had to heal from the cutting. 
Our God is not a vicious God. He's not going to cut you, cause you to cut and cut that flesh off and then throw you right into the war. That's not his way. His way is that I want you to heal from those wounds. I want you to heal from that pain. I want you to heal from letting that go. I want you to be whole in your mindset. Amen. He gave them time to heal. He doesn't cut you and then turn you loose. No, but he, he takes time to heal. There are some things that God's taking out of your life that's been painful. It's been hurtful. It's been so awful, but it was God preparing you for something greater. There are some people you have to leave before you can get to the promise. There are some relationships you've got to cut off before you get into the promise. Amen. There are mentalities and attitudes you've got to slash before you can get into the promise. There's some narcissism that's got to be killed. Me, my way. It's about me. Cut it off. Cut it off. Hallelujah. The cutting of the flesh. Amen. It's something I could say. I have no more excuses. I've cut it off. The preparation of the cutting of the flesh leads to healing. And healing leads to relationship uh, encounter with God. Because after they were cut and then after they healed, they had Passover again. Which speaks of a relationship with the one that brought them out of Egypt. Our Passover is Jesus Christ. But I've got to be willing to mark the flesh and cut it so I take his covenant. I, you know what baptism is said to be circumcision of the spirit baptism is a way you cut the flesh off and you say I belong to the Lord and then the next thing is that Joshua met the man who was the captain of the host who gave him the victory who gave him the victory in this COVID time in this season of confusion, I believe God's up to something. Do you believe that? I believe God's up to something. This craziness just cannot be by accident. God is up to something. Whatever he is up to means that there's a transition on the other side. There's a revival on the other side. There's a waiting. It could be the rapture. Okay, okay, let, let's get real. Do I need to hold on to those fleshly things and it keep me out of heaven? Do I need to hold on to that bitterness and it keep me out of heaven? Do I need to hold on to that anger and it keep me out of heaven? Do I need to hold on to resentment and it keep me out of heaven? Maybe I ought to just simply cut it off. Amen. It's not just something that I can save, but I got to cut it off. I've got to let it go. I've got to say, no, sirree. Maybe rapture is tomorrow. Maybe the second coming of Christ is just right around the corner. Oh, let's get ready because that's the promise of the church. The promise of the church if I go by way of the grave I'm still looking for the promise for the church stand with me please I'm calling to you today the Holy Ghost is calling to you today and to me for cutting of commitment committed all in and commitment means I gotta cut something I gotta let something go maybe it's prayerlessness Maybe it's a lack of faith. Maybe it's an attitude that is just absolutely fearful. Whatever the case may be, what I must have is his promise. I must have his presence. I must go into that next.
But to do it, I got to be willing to say, Lord, for the covenant's sake, I'll cut this. How many know just a, just last generation? Last generation of apostolics, a preacher would get up and say, don't you dare wear red socks. And folks would go clean out every red sock in their drawer. Today the pastor says, don't you have bitterness and anger. We say, well, I'll think about that. I'll think about that. I'll contemplate whether I believe what he's saying or not. God says, be holy. Well, let me contemplate about that. Let me think about that. How does that fit into my thinking? Or what does the word say? What does the word say? If I'm going into the next walk with God, I've got to be willing to cut off the flesh before I can go march around Jericho. Amen. That had to be in their mind. I belong to the covenant of Abraham. I belong to the covenant of Abraham. I am part of the promised seed. I'll march around boldly knowing that I have the sign of the cutting in my life. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you encourage you, and strengthen you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.